I just love growing mushrooms. The mushroom has absolutely been my greatest teacher. I need to eat some mushrooms soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Psilocybin Chronicles. You know who I am, I know who some of you are, and I hope we're all happy to be here. I certainly am, back at the podcast platform. It's been a minute, as you all know, and I'm just getting back on that horse. (laughs) Fell off for a little bit. That's okay. We all have our ups and downs. Even in this episode, you'll hear me possibly not at my best form. Uh, I'll, I'll admit the reason behind that. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Be super vulnerable with you all here right now, off the cuff, because I was high. I had smoked marijuana that day that I did the interview with this guest that you're going to hear from. Um, you've probably been able to tell in a couple of the episodes that I've been consuming cannabis in that form. Uh, And part of the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm seeing it and I'm holding myself accountable. Um, I've had a long relationship with cannabis. (laughs) She's been an incense, a cologne, (laughs) as some say in Jamaica, uh, for years. And while I am still very much engaged with the plants in a very different way, I've been growing my own. Uh, and making some oils and butters and consuming them that way, uh, which seems so much better on the body and the brain. And that, folks, is an ongoing integration from the lessons of the mushroom. So many times the mushrooms have nudged me. (laughs) Not so subtly in this direction. Uh, And... I don't know. It seems like maybe I'm starting to listen. You know, it's uh, we we can all be a little stubborn, uh, and that's one of the things that I always say is if I could suggest anything, any lesson that I've learned from the mushroom to any newcomer, it's to believe what the mushroom tells you. Um, now, there's some there is definite cause for discernment there. That does not mean you jump immediately upon actions, but the insights and the, the questions, more importantly, the questions that we come out of these experiences with require, deserve uh, real, real attention because we all want what is best for ourselves. And whether you believe it's a god or a mushroom or your subconscious or I don't really know or care, um, but all of those things <laughs> ultimately want good for us. So getting us out of the way so that those messages can come through and help us be more of who we are. You are going to be, hopefully, listening to a really, really wonderful woman share her experiences with you today, uh, Rhonda Coleman, <laughs> who I cheesily have come to know has helped me, Rhonda. I know it's it's just too much, Rhonda, I know, but I just... It's like, how can I not? Because you are a real help to the space around you. Your vibes, your energy, your smile, your voice, uh, the creativity you bring. Uh, it really is inspiring. 
And I'm very happy to finally be getting this episode up. Listeners, Rhonda Coleman retired early from a marketing and public relations career and now makes her home in central Oregon with one husband and two miniature dachshunds. <laughs> she serves as an American Red Cross volunteer and spends her free time traveling, drawing, painting, navel-gazing, and road tripping in her Airstream motor coach. I highly recommend that you go to her Instagram blog, which is old.ish underscore the blog, and you'll get a better of understanding of why the image of Rhonda in an Airstream uh, just makes me smile. <laughs> While her travel plans are on hold to view the next total solar eclipse, she's seen seven so far, Rhonda is using COVID quarantine time to finally finish her novel. And I bet it's a doozy. Rhonda is something else. And it really was something getting to know her. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with the amazing Rhonda Coleman. Rhonda, welcome to the Soul Sovereign Chronicles. Thank you so much, Eric. So excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> You've been excited <laughs> to be you've just been excited all week. I've been excited, yes. You're pretty high energy. I was, person, I, was huh? I was afraid at first and now I'm just excited. Are you you consider yourself a pretty high energy person? Yes, I had to dial it back yeah. occasionally. I get the feeling that's kind of what you kind of like default is dial back Rhonda. Is well, that true? Like default is like dial back, dial back. Um, yes, I would say, well, I mean, the people who know me well would say I wish she'd dial it back more. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, when I first meet a group of people, I'm very conscious about not saying 100% of the things that I feel like I want to say mm. and um, kind of just wait and see how I fit into the group. I'm a little maybe too interested in how I fit into the group instead of just be my just authentic being self. Just in the group. Yeah. You certainly bring a lot to the group and, you know, everything is just as wonderful as it could have been, but... Man, I wish I would have seen your artwork earlier in the week. For God, I can't wait. I, I, I want to. Do you have online stuff that we can go look at later at all? Or? Uh, on my Instagram, I'll yeah. post pictures of it, and I I do work in progress occasionally, and I travel a lot, and I do a lot of travel sketching, so you can see pictures of that there. Okay, I will definitely be looking into that. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Rhonda, if there was one person from time in history that you could take these magical mushrooms with, who would it be, and why? Oh boy, my first instinct was to say Benjamin Franklin because he's mm. my favorite person from history. Yeah, just he's great. Because he seems like a colorful nut that I might get along <laughs> with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but just because he's so recently passed, uh, Ram Dass, uh. um, he is now a person from history, and um, some of his writing and teaching has uh, paved the way for me being here. I believe it was he who said... Either as Ram Dass or as Richard Alpert, I don't know. Um, if uh, you ask LSD to show you God, it will. And I got <laughs> interested in, in m deepening my spiritual practice through the use of hallucinogens. Mm. Yeah, Ram Dass uh, introduced a lot of people to these magical, mysterious chemicals, didn't he? Yeah. It's funny enough that Rihanna, who is here, when I interviewed her last year, she said she would trip with Ram Dass, too. And really? It's one of the only, I can't think of any repeats that we've had I'll thus be far. Benjamin Franklin was one of my top two. Really? Yeah. Frederick Douglass was, he took precedent. I don't <clears> know who <throat> that is. Oh, my gosh. The abolitionist Frederick Douglass. 
one of the most amazing. Was absent that day. <laughs> All good. Go look at a picture of him. He's another crazy. He's okay. one of the crazy looking, big hair, crazy, powerful people. So you had this, uh, at least maybe an intimation through Ram Dass and the like that LSD or psilocybin, some of these other compounds could help you see God or whatever this thing is. I mean, was that your first impression of psilocybin mushrooms when you heard about them? Or when was that, if you can even remember? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, well, I'm a child of the 60s, but I was not of age at that time. But mm. my sister was. Mm -hmm. And um, I was always raised with the idea that drugs are bad and drugs are evil and the people who take them are very questionable mm -hmm. people who mm -hmm. are not our kind. Right. And um, any sort of psychedelic uh, was um, made fearful to me through this program that I got enrolled in without my knowledge or permission when I was mm -hmm. a sixth grader. Mm -hmm. They showed us a lot of these really scary, I mean, you've, you've heard of, uh, what's it called, reefer madness? This yeah. was this just times 10. Um, horrible, horrible movies of people really? on bad trips so and this was, scary this things. Was, we, had, we had Dare. Did you hear the Dare Oh, this program? is so before this Dare. This pre-Dare. This is way pre-Dare. Wow. This is probably 1968 or uh, 9. never heard tales of this, please. Yeah. I think, uh, well, I was in Los Angeles, and I think, uh, I know it was an experimental program. I vaguely remember something about that. There were just a few kids selected. It was probably way too inhumane. To Wait a perpetrate. second, they selected a few kids and you're one of them. Yeah. They're like the eclectic, the ones that are like, keep these off drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about the selection process before, but mm, it might be something to do. Yeah, no, anyway. Um, anyway, they were, they were awful and I'm sure the program was pulled because it was traumatizing. <laughs> and I would, I would like to go back and find out from my former sixth grade brethren if any of them ever tried drugs or yeah. if they just went. I had and did it. Where are they? But I up? was always a follower and very um, afraid of authority. And so never, ever, ever would I ever, ever, ever do drugs. That was just not my lifestyle. And mushrooms were drugs. And mushrooms were drugs. When did it, what, you, what about cannabis? When did you get introduced to cannabis or when did you first smoke cannabis? Mm, well, gosh, late in life. Okay. Uh, all the way through high school. It's like good girls don't do drugs and that includes pot. Okay, we drank like fish. Yeah, right, you right, You know, right, and right, back right. in the days, nobody ever made a distinction between that drug and other drugs, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, oh, maybe way after college, I still kind of felt separate from and looked maybe down on people who smoke potheads. Pot or potheads. Yeah, yeah, those were the kids in school potheads. that were standing done. behind the library that tormented me in grade mm. school. So... Yeah, there was always that division, us against them mm -hmm. kind of mentality in my mind. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that really is like built into the culture. Yeah. And you, we're seeing this kind of push and yeah. pull. And uh, as far as weed is concerned, I still have a little bit of a stigma about it. Like, I live in Oregon where it's just as common as red wine, mm -hmm. and everybody uses it. And I'm still really conscious of... The smell of the that THC smell, mm -hmm. I guess I don't know what causes the smell. It's not. It's um. I forget what they're called. Flat not. Ah, there's a word. Top. Okay. 
Tocopherols or I forget what the word anyway, is. Anyway, yeah. so I use this, this THC cream on my ankle that hurts mm. once in a while. Mm. And it's like, oh, God, it smells like a frat house in here. And I'm really <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> like if somebody came over, would they think I was smoking pot? And it's like, everybody is smoking pot. Let <laughs> it go. Let it go. So anyway, there's still a stigma in there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with psilocybin, why did you not have that stigma before? You, or did you have that stigma coming well, into this? I kind of did, but now I've gotten to the age where it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Okay. You know? um, and it's, there's, it's creeping into the mainstream. Michael Pollan's book was mm-hmm. very influential to me. And mm-hmm. he's well, a food writer, heck, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, it just seemed like the more I studied in, in my spirituality and, and the reading I was doing, I was learning a lot about entheogens and how these are sacred plants. Mm-hmm. And not, yes, there's a difference between, to me, like street drugs and sacred plants. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. psilocybin falls into that latter category for me. Definitely, definitely. So when did that perspective start shifting? I don't know. I've been percolating this idea for a lot of years, three or four years now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was, I, I kind of was, I wrote down, you know, my New Year's resolutions. Yes, I still do that. And one of them was, okay, this is the year. This is the year I'm going to, I'm going to jump off the cliff. I'm going to do mushrooms. Oh, wow. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but actually it's, it's how everything falls together. Short story, probably made longer than it needs to be. A, f- a couple of years ago, I had foot surgery. I had foot surgery on I both saw the start today. I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's bunion surgery. Anyway, I had them do both my feet at once, and so I couldn't walk for two months. Okay. And somebody, I think it was probably another podcast, uh, I like Pete Holmes' spiritual kind of c- comedy podcast, it's mm-hmm. called You Made It Weird. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Moss was a guest. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about uh, his breaking of his feet. And somebody said that's, that's a really funny hour, his it story about breaking yeah, his feet. Yeah, it is hilarious. So, uh, so I listened to it, and then I got interested in his comedy. And, of course, he's very uh, pro-mushroom, mm-hmm. pro-psychedelics. <laughs> and I just list- learned more and more from them about him through his comedy. And then when this came up, I just was just looking online for possibilities. Oh, I saw the Psychonauts. Uh, oh, Psychonautics, yeah. Psychonautics, yeah. And then it was like, oh, this is the place I'm going. I didn't really do a whole bunch of research. Wow. There's another place in Amsterdam that seemed a little too um, therapeutic, kind of clinic-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not approaching this from a therapeutic standpoint, uh, more of a spiritual and creative expansion standpoint Mm -hmm. but boy now that i've here and been through it there was therapy i want to ask make sure yeah that was clarified because we definitely consider this a therapeutic retreat it is therapeutic and Mm -hmm. i you know i thought well i'm i'm not here battling depression and i'm not struggling Mm, with an addiction to my knowledge uh and i know a lot of other people who are here come here for that Mm -hmm. but um i got so much out of the integration sessions the 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 dosing process was was handled beautifully. The whole process was perfect from beginning to end. Um, and the integration sessions were, were really helped me move forward in my thinking about my relation to other people. And yes, the whole thing was indeed hmm. very therapeutic. Hmm. 
Right on. So did you did you sign up for this retreat knowing Shane was going to be here? Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. I, I didn't know that was just a coincidence as well. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to do this at some point, <clears throat> but I'm going to come this week so I can meet him. Awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, Shane's been really uh, a, a wonderful part of this, and I, I really appreciate even though it's sometimes a little rocky, what he brings to the psychedelic movement, you know, he's put himself out there as a basically a DMT guinea pig. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's working out pretty well for him. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great having him here this week, and mm-hmm. we're looking to do another one again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now that you've had some experiences with psilocybin, you've got a little bit different perspective. Okay, it is therapeutic. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk just generally about what uh, your experiences have been like and how they either maybe met any expectations you had or didn't meet or differed, et cetera? Well, uh, the three dosing model was excellent because I'd never, of course, taken any drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smoked a little weed, but not enough to, you know, have any psychoactive Be effect. a pothead. Be a pothead. <laughs> God forbid. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was fully ready to let go and let the plant just do whatever it wanted to do with me. Beautiful. But I was very confused. That's a, my point of saying that this three-dosing model is so great, it's like the first, uh, first session, it was a medium, I guess a medium dosage, mm-hmm. and uh, it let me experience all of the hallucinogenic effects, kind of try to understand the difference between regular dreaming and eyes closed hallucinations mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So it was a real good trial session. It wasn't just a trial session. I got a lot of spiritual enlightenment from that. I kind of had a sort of a death scenario that I, this sounds silly, really enjoyed. <laughs> uh, and then I really, I really had fun. I, I loved the visuals. It was crazy. And after it was over, I felt more prepared to go deeper next time mm. without struggling against, what? you know, like you're on a roller coaster heading up and mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. going to be a point at which the roller coaster starts. And um, after having that first session, I, I knew what to expect mm. at mm-hmm. the onset and beyond. Yeah, and some of the kind of the mechanics of it. Yes. As far as content and experience was relatively different, vastly different, all the same? Mm, no, I would say vastly different. Uh, I made a real effort to go inward, uh, wore an eye mask that I brought, um, waited now that I knew what the, the, what the onset was like and waited until I was pretty far into the visuals before I laid down, mm-hmm, closed my mm-hmm. eyes and went inward. And had a really, 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 really profound experience with the visuals. And um, I know there are a lot of people that's like, well, you didn't see God. Well, maybe I did. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe or maybe not. Either way, um, (laughs) it was either my subconscious speaking to me or it Mm. was something from beyond. Mm -hmm. But it was a profound message uh, of, of hope and um, prepared, preparing me for what's next in the future mm. and um, experiencing the love that is all around um, both here on earth with all the people here, with all the people beyond and the love that is yet to come and perhaps what's after this. So it was, it was a very life-changing experience. And the third dose... I went way down uh, to a 
um, I would I don't know. Would you call it a small dose? I don't know. You you've said that Modest. the dose sometimes Modest. doesn't matter because you're just gonna do what yeah, you, you do. I mean. But I wanted to um, explore my artwork. Uh, have control. I brought a lot of art supplies and some mm -hmm. things. I was a project I'm working on at home, and I wanted to explore here on mushrooms, and so I needed to have good control over my hand and a pin and the brushes, and mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. so and that worked out great. So that's one of the reasons I invited you on the show is because you're uh, not the only, but one of the few creatives that have come down uh, to use this as inspiration, uh, which. It's kind of funny to me because, again, we're, we don't present the more clinical model, but I guess it's just the need of what people, the need is so high for relief from suffering and you were able to get in. So talk about that as a creative person, how maybe already this has um, impacted kind of your expression and, and what you could see for it in the future. Yes, kind of in two ways. Uh, the, the second dose, the, the one where I was receiving uh, important messages about mm -hmm, my life, mm -hmm. um, really freed me up to think of myself as um, a creative person. I don't know, other artists might share this, this kind of feeling, but it's because it's such an internal process and it is so um, something that you only do with you, mostly, it feels selfish, and mm -hmm. a lot of us mm -hmm. are brought up to, you know, take take our nose out of our own projects and look outward and see what other people need. And there's a little bit of a shame involved in mm -hmm. just playing with your colors and whatever. And non-artists sometimes diminish that work, and they don't really realize that for us, it's um it's a very important piece of our insides that has to come out. Right. And I'm we're, we're guts are spilled out on the ground, mm -hmm. and that's a very vulnerable mm -hmm. place. Not that my work is very, um, you know, tragic or meaningful, but uh, to me it is. Mm. And uh, so the messages I got were very positive about that's who I am, that's what I need to be bringing mm -hmm. to the world, <laughs> my creativity is, is, is part of who I am, mm -hmm. and if I don't share it, that's a darn shame. Uh, and yes. then what I learned on the second dose was um, a lot of confidence in, uh, in my ability to draw. Uh, I felt very empowered. I felt almost aggressively so. Well, this was the third dose. This when is the you third dose. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, the, 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 the third dose. Um, the one where I was, where Drawing, I was able yeah, to draw. Painting, yeah. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of good insights about how to take this home from here and what to remember. Uh, how not to how not to rush how to, to really see one of the nice things about the mushrooms is it really slows you down and makes you mm. focus on whatever it is you need to focus on mm -hmm. like when you're when you when you do art oftentimes your brain tries to shortcut all the time it's like leaves are green I'm gonna paint this green oh, leaf. or right. here's a shadow shadows are clouds are white or whatever but if you really stop and look it might not be green at all it might mm -hmm. not be white at all it might Shadows might be coming from two different places, not one. And in your mind, because you've always drawn, you just, your mind wants to go to the most efficient place possible. Mm -hmm. And the mushrooms do not take you to the most efficient place <laughs> possible. They take you to the place you need to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see things I never thought I'd be able to see. And I remember clearly hmm. all three experiences mm -hmm. which is great it's not like a weird dream that's kind of 
what was that now? It's, mm -hmm. it's like photographic. And um, so I'm able to take a lot of these creative lessons home with me, not just um, physically how to draw, but emotionally how to feel about it. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. You, could, you can already see the, at least two ways that this is having an impact. Um, you're, yep. you're, so, you're just so articulate with this and your, how your experience fits into your life all week long. You've been kind of talking about relationships and your work and how this can translate. Uh, it's just been really amazing. Uh, oh. I, I didn't think you were going to make it. Like when you pulled out the paints, I was like, two grams, she's not, it's not going to happen. She's not going to do this. And you really, yeah, brought something amazing out of it. Because uh, you just don't see that so often. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's the mechanics of mushrooms sometimes, right? Like, I mean, you're obviously skilled and you, you have, you can enter the flow state with mm -hmm. it. But even people who write normally, uh, writers, is within the experience to see them actually functionally perform their art mm -hmm. is not real common. Does that have to do with dosage? Because it seemed like the second dose, which was much higher than the first, mm -hmm. I would not have been able to. Yeah, no. But, I mean, even a couple of grams, I don't know. You're, uh, what I'm getting at, Ron, is you're just a unique individual. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, I know you mean that in the kindest way. Thank I you. absolutely 100% do. 100% do. Uh, and, yeah, just watching you work this week has been really wonderful. And, you know, again, share turn turn you don't have to turn her all the way up maybe but you know don't be afraid to tweak the volume a little bit Rhonda. okay okay yeah maybe i will you bring good you bring good ari like uh, all of us you know like when when we are our authentic selves mm -hmm. like the world loves that the world loves it yeah so what do you think about the future of psilocybin and how this could be applied particularly from a creative standpoint oh wow well, uh, I think it should just become more and more mainstream. The stigma should be reduced, reduced, reduced to where it's an option for anybody that wants to explore it. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I would recommend it to anyone who wanted to maybe try it on their own without having experts mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Michael Meditations facilitators around to recommend dosage, help you um, understand what's happening, uh, help you get the most out of it. Uh, I, I believe something you said was approach this with uh, ca cautious. Um, what was the uh, word? Courage. Cautious bravery. Well, no, I, I say I say err on the side side of courage. Err on the side of courage. Is one right. of the things, and I I, that's that's a that's a great message. But that's but why I'm it's so important to have people that are supporting you. Yes. You know. So I'm mm. not sure I would say to any random artist, yeah, get a handful of mushrooms and just. Mm -hmm choke them down and see what happens. Um, this no. whole process, because of the therapy involved and the, the, the cadence of the experience made all the difference. And I'm not sure if I'd have just done mushrooms on, at Burning Man or at my house, uh, I would have had the same experience. It would have been different. Um, I, I wonder if you've done a lot of personal work that has kind of made it a little bit easier for you, you know? Um, but you didn't have a whole lot of kind of weeds to whack through. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my Buddhist practice has certainly informed my willingness to go through this and to approach it with bravery hmm. and set an intention. Uh, I didn't really want to be too rigid about the intentions because mm -hmm. I thought, well, 
I don't want to say no to anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I was fully prepared for whatever the plant wanted to show me. But I did um, feel like I, I set loose intentions and they were um, honored and acted upon. Hmm. Yeah. It's generally not a good idea to go in making demands of the mushroom, but if you ask nicely, more often than not, <laughs> they'll treat you right. Yeah, <laughs> ask nicely. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, please. <laughs> is that your billboard, or what? What? what is Rhonda's psilocybin billboard? Oh, my billboard. It's Shane has a funny joke, which is you come back and um, and... It's the most profound things you learn sound like something, I don't know what he said, was that it could be uh, embroidered on yeah, your grandmother's yeah, yeah. pillow, something <laughs> like, I am sweating the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but one of the, the profound messages, which sounds like nothing today, but it really, really was profound when I heard it, was there's nothing to fear. Mm. And mm. that was, it was meant in a much bigger way. Right. But I would say within this kind of setting, that would be my billboard for this organization is there's, there's nothing to fear. Everybody here has your back. You're surrounded by all these people who are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, this is really the best place to try something like that. Man, you know how much I wish that would have been the headline article to the Gleaner? <laughs> <laughs> right, instead of, you know. Yeah. IRS retreats. Did you did you did you ever look at that? No, I'll, I didn't. I'll send see that it. to y'all now that the retreat's over and it'll kind of become a thing. I didn't want it to uh -huh. drop in your lap before you got here. Yeah, you know how. But anyway, uh, things get twisted, and that's all good. That's right. Well, it's part of the mainstreamification yeah. of this process, oh, yeah. and that's how it goes, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, so, say it again. Your billboard. Say it again. There is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. I love it. I can see it in my mind already, driving down the highway. I've got this imaginary <laughs> world where we're just driving around. There's all these psilocybin, LSD, other psychedelic billboards, you know, and yep. then you get all the different personalities. Anyway, we'll see where, if that becomes a reality, <laughs> that may not be one of the visions that comes true. Yeah. Uh, but Rhonda, certainly having beautiful, amazing people like you be a part of this was definitely in the vision. And I'm so happy that you you have come here and that this is going to, be able to something, something that you will carry with you, and I am confident that you're gonna. This is going to be such an impact that you're going to spread it into the people around you know, your work, and mm -hmm. I'm just excited to see that. Thank you. Thank it was you. a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thanks so much. You heard it, folks. There is nothing to fear. What a what a message from the mushroom. Thank you, Rhonda, for being the bearer of those great words, and they are true. I, too, have been told the same thing. No fears. No reason for fear. Everything out there is here to support us. The hard lessons, the easy lessons, it's all there. Even my failure to perform to the fullest in this episode, listening back, I think there are mistakes that I hopefully <laughs> will not make again. And, you know, again... That's okay. One of the things I forgot was around cannabis. Imagine that stone there. Couldn't even remember. It was terpenes. Terpenes. The scent. Uh, responsible for the scent of the cannabis. Also, they've just started to... Uh, I've just, I recently read. They I cannot cite or say. Uh, but I did recently read that it is suspected that the terpenes actually play a more 
of a role in the effects of the cannabis that you consume than whether it is a sativa or indica strain or any mixture thereof. Yep, I forgot that one. You also may have heard me mentioning the high-risk retreats uh, headline that made it into the Jamaican Gleaner. That also was an instance of nothing to fear here. (laughs) Didn't seem like it in the immediate. Well, I actually did pretty good on that one. I just relaxed and did pretty easy. I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, we know who we are, all of us. (laughs) Not just myself or Myco Meditations. We all know who we are deep down. And if we are authentic and legit, well, then that's going to show through. And if we're not, well, that's going to get seen too. And when I saw this article come out, I had an inkling that it was going to draw more attention our way, but ultimately people would find out what great work we are doing here in Jamaica at Myco Meditations. And I'm really eager to get back on that horse too. Uh, it's been a while, but it looks like some things are lining up. We will see how how the how the world goes right now. Um, and just take it all in stride. I hope you're doing that as well. Reaching out to family and friends, staying involved with your community. Uh, it's good to see and be a part of the active Myco community. Our WhatsApp groups are staying pretty active. I was really happy to see Cindy reporting some really significant success attributed to her dosing with us over a year ago. It's a long game we're playing here, folks. Nothing is immediate fix. I really appreciate you being with me for this episode. Look forward to the next one. Thank you.